podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. There's always that one person that will always have your heart. You never see it coming because you're blinded from the start. Know that you're that one for me. It's clear for everyone to see. Oh, baby. To start the show, we need to first acknowledge something that's heavy on our hearts. Our father passed away this week, and so it's going to alter the show because he was a great man who we had great love and affection for, as you can imagine. So this week is not going to be the same as all the other weeks, um, but... We just wanted to let you guys know that before we get started. Absolutely. That, that music that music gets me every time. Um, when I hear the music, I think uh, of my father and my mother because he loved that song. That was his ringer for her. So we love you. And I mean, it's crazy, but, you know, there's only one, one Tony Phoenix. Culture. Pop, 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 pop. This week we're talking about pet peeves, driving pet peeves to be specific. Jeremy, do you have anything that weighs on your mind or heart as you drive when you see somebody riding in a way that you don't agree with? I need everybody to lean left and right with move, person, get out the way. Yep. Get out the way, person, yep. get out the way. Oh no! The fight's out. I'm about to punch your lights out. No, that's the thing. When you're driving, there's a fast lane and there's a slow lane. No, there's not. There's a passing lane. There's a fast lane and there's a slow lane, okay? If I'm cruising, I hate when you're, you're, you're clearly moving along. There's two cars to the right of you on the, on the right lane, on the slow lane. The second car is going slightly faster than the car in front of it. But I'm going double the speed of both of you. Don't put your blinker on and cut me off. That's a very selfish move. Because here's the thing. One of the, two driving of, move. one of the two of us has to slow down. Why does it have to be me? I'm going to be, be by in one second. You, it's going to take you approximately 60.7 seconds to go by the car that you're going two miles an hour faster than. And, but you have the nerve to like get over and I have to like slow way down and wait. Like I said, 60.7 seconds. Whenever you make any driving maneuver, if it causes the person that is already driving to have to hit their brakes, you've made a mistake. And the reason I said that it's not the fast lane, it's the passing lane is you should only use the left lane if you are passing another vehicle or if you're avoiding a vehicle that is stuck on the berm on the side of the road. If you're cruising, even if you're going at a fast speed, you can do that in the right lane so long as you don't have to pass anybody. It's the safest way. It's the best way. And I don't know why people can't do that. But do you know what one of my other pet peeves is, Jeremy? And I put a poll up to see how people feel about this. How do you feel about this, guys? I'm going to ask Jeremy and Jordan. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I hate driving. Let's do this. This is my question. When you're going to turn, do you put your blinker on first or do you brake first? Blinker first. Blinks. Blinker first always. The blinker is the sign that something is about to happen. The yes. brake is the actual event. Yes. I don't know why people can't get this through their heads. Some people don't use blinkers at all. 
other people use the brake and then the blinker. I'm like, well, what's the point? I don't really care what you're doing. If I have to stop or slow down, I'm stopping and slowing down. If you put your blinker on, I know what to do before it gets there. You know, I've communication's never, the key, people. Communicate, communication. I've really? never thought oh. of that before you said that, and now I'm going to be looking at a whole new. Uh, at, I'm going to be looking at the road at a whole new perspective now, and it's going to make me so angry. Yes, <laughs> it's so annoying. I uh, hate it. I don't know. I kind of get it. Like I feel like you guys are a little bit crazy. Like if you're getting, uh, if you're getting over, yeah, you tell people I'm getting over. You hit the blinker. Hey, I'm getting over. But your brake also says, hey, look, I'm about to do something. No, yeah, the brake, I don't know if you're Bust turning or if you're slowing down. You I don't know if this it. is a temporary move you're making you or if this is a permanent move or, yeah. you know, hit it's the It's courteous. It's courteous driving, and it's also the appropriate I, way. And I guess I guess the re- reality of everything is my problems are when, is when people don't think about the other person when they're driving. Now, I guess. Uh, then they don't ever. 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 And that's life. That's people in general. But when you're driving, it's like, really, dude? You jumped over in front of me because you're going one mile an hour faster than the car beside you. I had to wait five minutes while I'm late to work. This one really bothers Jeremy, obviously. <laughs> well, brought, hang on. You were, were back late to, to work it. in the first place, so it's your fault that you're driving fast anyway. But I would have been, I'd have been on time. Look, look. <laughs> we yes. made it. Chicken we and egg. Chicken and egg. make it. We'd have made it. If you decided not to go one mile an hour faster than the car no, beside that's, you, that's that's a myth. No, you can't you can't make it to the same destination. Like if it takes you twelve minutes to get to work every day, it doesn't matter if you're driving a little bit slower or a little bit faster. It's still going to take you twelve minutes to work. No, bull, bull. I, no, I don't, no, trust no. me. When you're clocking in, thirty seconds makes a difference. Thirty seconds. Oh my, preach. Ten brother. seconds makes preach. a difference. Preach. When you're clocking in, there's a difference. When I leave early and I'm going seventy, or when I leave late and I'm going eighty-seven, there is a difference. There is a difference. Allegedly. Allegedly. Very, min, very minuscule, though. There's yeah, hardly you're right because there's not there's not enough time for the speed to make exactly. a big enough difference. However, if it makes it makes a difference however, of three or four minutes, and that is big. No, not it not doesn't no, it doesn't minutes. make three or four no. minutes, but it does literally can it can literally make a thirty second difference, a minute difference. Um, you're talking about braking stop stop lights. Well, that too. It all depends on which where you're driving and if to. You're, if your commute is through a city. Then it's going to take you to the same time anyway. But if you're taking the highway and you can go a little bit faster, you're prop- you're, the best you're going to save is a few seconds. Uh, Jordan, what is your definition of a little bit faster? Uh, if the speed limit is 60 and I'm going 70. Okay. I have a rule. I typically... Go nine over. Go nine over. World, that's a worldwide rule. No, a lot of people don't do that. No, no, they don't. Oh, that's another pet peeve world, I have. No, worldwide rule. If you want to go fast without getting pulled over, it's nine over. So I'm driving, by the way, go on in a 70 mile an hour zone, going 79 in a 70, right? The zone changes to a 60. So I slow down to go 69 in a 60. The same people I passed when I was going 79 are now passing me now that I'm going 69. My driving stayed consistent. Theirs didn't. So Maybe now, they didn't see uh, the yeah, sign. I, I agree with that. What'd you say? Maybe they didn't see the no, sign. No, they do see the sign. They, of course they see it. Yeah, they, well, maybe maybe they're the kind of people who are only comfortable driving a certain like eighty is too fast, but seventy, I feel like I'm still in control. Yes, no, that's exactly what it is, and those people are morons and should not be driving. No, no, morons is not right because a lot morons, of people shouldn't be driving. No, morons is not the right word. Losers is, is okay. Is Other than you know, actually, another thing you could talk about. You know how many people who are being given driver's license when they shouldn't be getting driver's license, mostly, you know, the older people who should not be getting driver's license. I see these people on every commute that I go on. Every time I go ageism, on, ageism, I, ageism, it's not age, it's, it's yep. ageism for the right reason. Yes. 
Am it's I skillism. myself into a hole? It's skillism, yeah. So these people who are putting themselves and other people into danger because they like lack my the grandpa. ability to drive. Yeah. There are people there, there's a reason why you have to take uh, tests almost every year once you reach a certain age. No, no, no. Okay. That, wait, where do you have to take a test almost every year? The DMV. What, what's the, the age? What age? Yeah. I because uh, I don't think that's true. I've, I've been I've been saying they people, should do it. No, yeah, yeah. I would love if they did it. Here's the thing. I remember driving on the highway. I just don't. And think I'm just do driving down, and I'm probably on my cell phone. I like, look. Don't hate. And 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 that's not <laughs> hating. Uh, it's legal. Just, yeah. You got. I said bell phone, like you know Taco Bell. <laughs> 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 what are you guys? Yeah, what are yeah, y'all talking? About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, an Excel phone. I, I'm just making up stuff. So, um, I just remember just driving down the highway, just flying, but I was under control. I was probably probably five miles an hour over. Probably doesn't, you know, it's not quite flying. But anyway, point is, I'm driving. And I see the car in front of me. No big deal. I'm gonna get over. And then I look up again, and this car is right there. And I have to go to my, you know, fast lane. This car was going like 50 miles an hour on the highway. Super old person. Do you know? That's dangerous. That's dangerous. It is dangerous. That's you know what the biggest danger dangerous. is? That what they'll tell you is the biggest issue with driving. Um, speed is, is speed difference. Yes. It's not speeding necessarily. It's speed difference. So if you're going yeah. significantly faster than traffic or significantly slower than traffic, you're putting other people at risk. You're putting other people in harm's way. Right. But Jordan, I'm with you 100%. I think at a certain age, you should be tested again. Jay, no, real quick. Jordan, what is your pet peeve? Driving pet peeve. That oh, you get mad and, dude, and I, you said I, I, already old people who shouldn't that, be well, driving. That, well, I have I have plenty more. I come from a family of really uh, angry drivers. Like, oh, I, have, I, have I forgot. Of, that's yeah, true. We got hey hey hey. We got time. And uh, driving with my <laughs> driving with uh, my relatives and seeing their um, actions on, no. when they're driving on the highway. Well, just tell some stories. It really, well, you're, 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 it, well, you're not going to tell specific people's names. Just tell some good stories. Well, bro. someone one of someone I know almost got the cops called on them recently because they went out of their way to go to the person's house and tell them that they were driving wrong. No. <laughs> That is fantastic. Yes, yes. That is what I was hoping to hear. Do, uh, does like that, that person? We no. Uh, does that person know that everybody has guns nowadays? Yeah, that scared me. Uh, that would scare me to my death. My mom always warns me about people who are like driving out, and you know, don't get angry on the road because you never know who's carrying a gun you or a bat. Never or know. Pop you out you of never car. know. That's real so talk. So that's why I don't. I I angrily shout at myself at other people when I'm in a car, but I don't go out of my way to honk at people very much anymore unless oh. they're actively putting themselves and look and look me and brandon me. don't have guns but i know jordan always stays strapped wow I'm so <laughs> yeah yeah, jordan, yeah jordan i am strapped. the least intimidating person you will ever see i will i, I will hit you and i will apologize no no wait you will hit me and i will apologize to you no no see that's have, uh, insurance purposes that's really dumb yeah, but anyway. <laughs> i personally only honk if you're coming into my lane i think you might hit me Yes, yes. I Yeah, I use uh, my honking uh, as a uh, communication use, mechanism. Yes, I use it as communication. I don't think people use the horn enough. That's another thing. People have people coming into the lane won't use the horn. That's like, the moment. Hold up. Can it. we talk about this? Oh, people what? who have brights on, but they're behind you. Oh, oh yeah. No, 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 no. You and just it gets in my mirror it. and gets into my eyes, and I can't honk because, you know, the honk is like a forward motion. Yes. Like you're honking at someone in front of you. You can't honk. There's no backwards honk. There's no backwards honk. That doesn't even make any sense, <laughs> no. but there is no backwards honk. But I will also say... I've never been in this position, but what if your low beams are out? Well, that's why I don't get mad if I see it happening. It's frustrating, but I don't get mad because I always think to myself, 
well, it's possible that the person has a headlight out or something of that nature. That's funny because I ha- I'm in that situation right now, but my high beams aren't powerful enough to look like high beams, so I just have them on all the time. Jordan, you might want to get in. New- I need a new car, yeah. I know. Riding through your city with my high beams on. Can you see me? Can you see me? Get your visine on. I just do not fit the picture. Get your widescreen on. Right, my voice. Big shout to Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. Want to give a big shout out to Astork Auto, the leader in luxury automobiles and in service in the entire state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan down there at Astork Auto of Charleston. When you get there, tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. Hey, this is Brandon from the Raspy Voice Kids. We are now teamed up with SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the place to go and get your tickets for any live event that you want to be a part of, especially if you're a sports fan. Use code RaspyVoice, R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Code RaspyVoice at SeatGeek. Download the app. Get to saving now. Whew. What a week it was. What a Saturday. Man, the honeymoon stage was beautiful when it lasted. Honeymoons are always great. It was so great. It was so great. Nobody could do no wrong. And then Saturday, September, I don't even know what the date was. What was the date last weekend? Whatever the date was last weekend, came in Columbia, Missouri, happened. And wow, gee. Como. I've never, I've never... I've been a part of some whippings. I've been a, a part of some like humbling experiences. But what happened in Missouri, Brandon, was 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 pretty strong. I'm not saying it was expected. It wasn't expected. I was going to say, I don't feel like it was a humbling experience because. Yeah, yeah. This is Jay and Fiend. This is all I also hate Pitt. And doesn't nobody in West Virginia, Morgantown, the whole state of West Virginia want to talk about it. But we got to talk about it. It was here. It happened. The first loss of the Neil Brown era. We get we lose 38 to seven in Columbia. And it was a massive, massive, massive butt whipping beat down. Brandon, how'd you feel when you were when you were watching the game? I didn't know what to expect. I thought we'd see improvement from game one to game two. I didn't think Missouri would be as good as they were. No, and, and but you, you know, everybody everybody saves you said, you know, Neil Brown said he saved saved plays for Missouri. Uh what plays? But I will Maybe say you should have ran up the score on JMU so our stats of the knee looked a little bit higher. I I was not certain that we were gonna win. I thought we I thought we would win, which was ridic excuse me, ridiculous in hindsight. But this is part of what we knew we were getting. Neil Brown and Shane Lyons have been warning us all offseason that this team is not very good. I watched the spring game, and I told you we weren't very good. Offensive line is not very good. Quarterback play is not great. Then we get to the game, and it actually happens that way, and it still made me mad because I hate losing. I hate losing. I Amen. hate it so much. I hate when we lose. I don't care who we're playing. I don't care how we're playing. I hate it. Um, but I'm not mad at the team. I feel like Neil Brown summed it up perfectly. I'm disappointed, but I'm not discouraged. I will say, this is the thing I think about. We know that part of the cover being bare is Dana's fault. 
We know what oh, they said to be part getting. of the cupboard being bare. I was like, what? But a hundred one hundred and seventy one yards total offense? When's the last time we've seen something like that? Maryland 2013. Maybe we just got spoiled and we just expected us, like, as a Mountaineer uh, nation, just to put up points. But 171 yards total offense. I did not expect this. I expected to be tough times. I didn't expect us to win every game. I knew we were going to lose some losses, but I expected us to play hard every game. 38 to 7, I did not expect to a team that wasn't in the top 25 or top 15. Or who lost to Wyoming the week before. Yeah. So for me, Makes me take a step back and it's like, hey, maybe do you need to reevaluate things. And I'm not saying like question. Like I, Neil Brown is our guy. He will lead us to where we need to be. Oh yeah. But thirty eight to seven is not just. I, I, I guess don't really I, get I, I, no no. I, 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 I don't get what you're saying. What are you saying? I guess what I'm trying to say is what are we reevaluating? I guess what I'm saying is this wasn't just a personnel thing. This was also a coaching thing. You think it was a coaching problem also. 38 to 7, you have 171 yards offense. I feel like this is not just on not having the personnel. It's not just not having the quarterback. At some point, 38 to 7 to a team that's not in the top 25 means you got out coached as well. Yes or no? Uh, that's what I I'm trying know. to say. West Virginia had f- missed five sacks and had 22 missed tackles. That's not necessarily scheme. 22 missed tackles. That's not scheme. That's not coaching? That's execution. 22 missed tackles. They didn't have 22 missed tackles by the same guy. Or the same two guys. Or the same three guys. 22 missed tackles? Tells you that maybe you have a bunch of guys who aren't as good as you thought they'd be. Maybe. Maybe you're right. See maybe what I'm right. saying? And like, I, and look, I'm that, not coming If you I, have I, one or two guys who are missing tackles. Can I say this? I'm not coming at him. I'm just having open dialogue yeah. about... 22 missed tackles, 38 to 7, 171 yards on offense to a team that's not in the top 25. I just feel like but we would have. Had... You keep saying not in the top 25. This is the second game of the season. We Wyoming. Have no, we have no, Wyoming is 2 0. We have no idea how good, really, Missouri okay. is. We don't really know how good Missouri is. Okay. I'm not telling you, Missouri. Mm, Kelly Bryant took his team to the national championship. Kelly Bryant is the reason why we had five missed sacks. Darius Stills doesn't miss sacks. He missed one against Kelly Bryant. Arms around him, wrapped around, lost him. Why? Not because Darius Stills is not very good. Darius, Darius Stills is a monster, and he's your favorite monster. You always talk about how great no, he is. Darius so and Dante, that. man. It's because dudes. So we got to give credit to Missouri, too, is what I'm saying. Kelly Bryant balled. He balled. Here's, and here's the thing. Like, I'm not being – So def- I'm not blaming Vic Conan because he called, he called plays and schemes that got to the quarterback. I'm not being they Debbie Downer. Da- Brandon, job. here's my thing. I'm not being Debbie Downer. I'm just saying that maybe we as Mountaineer fans – No, they were Debbie Downer on Oh, Debbie, really downer. Here's my thing, like, um, though, so so Neil Brown, the whole year, you know, we're on our honeymoon, we're on our Cinderella phase, all that good stuff. I think he is a guy for West Virginia. Listen up close. I think he will win a Big 12 championship at West Virginia. But he's not Dabo. He's not Nick Saban. I don't see now that is that's not a fair thing to say. Now, let me no, let me keep talking. Keep talking. Because there's been other years where, where his team let down against teams that they had no business. Now, I know Dabo lost to Syracuse, but in 2017. Dabo's at Clemson. It's Nick true. Saban's at Alabama, and before that, he was at LSU. I'm just saying, like, Neil Brown. You're, you're, talking, you're not dealing with the same. You're not personnel dealing, and power, but listen personnel to me. Personnel, power, can I, can I tell you real quick? Go ahead. 2017, they go and play South Alabama, who is two and 2-4 coming into the game. Troy is a good team. They lose 19 to 8. All eight points were scored in the fourth quarter by Troy. They had a total of 30 yards rushing on this two and four team. 
They let down. And honestly, you're dealing with kids who are 18, 19, 20, 21. You're always going to have a letdown. Even at Alabama or Clemson, you're going to have a letdown. I'm just saying it happens even under the Neil Brown era. They lost to South Alabama 19 to 8. All eight points were scored in the fourth quarter. The year before that, 2016, the year that they almost beat Clemson and took them to the edge, they lost to Arkansas State. Another team who wasn't spectacular of the year. I think they had six losses on the year. Four four or six losses on the year. Um, they lost 35-3. to three. Their three points came in the first quarter. They had 55 yards rushing. Um, and this is to an Arkansas. So, so every year there's a, a game where unexpectedly we can't explain how it happens to an inferior team and they lose. Yeah, I can't refute anything you're saying because I don't know enough about it to be honest. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to like come at it raw, but I'm just I'm being for real. Like I don't Neil get, Brown I just is. Don't a, get your point. Like, my, my point is in Neil, the second game of this era against Missouri, who's a better team than us. FPI picked them to win. This is not an upset. We didn't have a letdown. We were supposed to lose. We were 14 and a half points. Jam, jam, you. We won, but we had like what 30 yards rushing. We covered the spread. We did what we were supposed to. I'm talking about rushing. I'm talking we about run the ball. The little things. I'm just saying. And Neil Brown, in, in in the past, Neil Brown has had. He has not had perfect seasons, which nobody does. I'm just saying these things happen where you can't explain them. And what I'm saying with Missouri, I call it unexplainable. Yes, we were 40. I don't 14, think it's unexplainable. We 14 saw. point underdogs, 38 to 7, 171 yards offense is unexplainable. They can see even go, go 30 points. I don't think it's unexplainable, though, because you're 14 and a half point dogs because you're on the road. Then you give up two turnovers. Your defense, your offense can't stay on the field, which means your defense can't get off the field. So then that's how the score ends up the way it is. I don't think it's unexplainable. I like, guess I guess for me, just looking at some of the past scores and past times he's been upset in, in big ways makes me feel like... I, 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 I guess what like I'm trying... you're saying he's not... If no, I'm saying we should lower our expectations. We may win the Big 12. Because you have to remember... We, and, by, and by the way, maybe I'm speaking to myself. I guess lower, we, my, lower my expectation of the fact of we may win a Big 12 uh, uh, championship at, yeah. while he's at WVU. Yeah. But... It is not because I I I, felt, I started out feeling that way, and then I started drinking the Kool Aid. I was like, maybe we're going to be eight and four, but eight and five. I, yeah, I never thought. I didn't think that. I thought eight wins was our ceiling. I thought that was the absolute best we we could be. I didn't think we could be any better than eight wins. There was no chance of being any better than eight wins. Um, and I thought five was our basement. Now five is not our basement. Five might be five or six might be our ceiling, with two or three being our basement. So my expectations need to change yeah. too. But I guess I just don't feel a need to have a strong take on Neil and, Brown. And, and you because, know, and, and, because and, and maybe his track record, and, and maybe I'm not talking about the Mountaineer Nation. I'm talking about myself. I got myself hyped up, and I, I think I said before the year eight and four, and now like, like sitting back, like. But it, if you look at ESPN's FPI, we're not we're not picked to win. We're only picked to win two games no, by FPI. No, I get that. That I'm, was before the season even started. I'm talking about my expectations. I know Mountaineer that's what I'm fan, saying. fanatic. That's we all we're all clear fanatic. That game helped me realize that I went back and looked, and there's other games where he lost in the big. Like I guess that's also what I'm trying to say. It's not going to change in one night, and we all knew that. But sometimes you fool yourself because you you want to believe, you know. Yeah, I want. I want to believe. That I believed we were going to beat Missouri, and that was really stupid on my I, part. My friend called me, and I was like, "Look, we're going to win this game. NC State's going to be a battle, but we're going to win this game. NC State's going to be real trouble. You know why?" They haven't given up a touchdown yet this season. Oh, really? Gibby's Gibby's dogs down there have not given up a touchdown yet this season. Granted, they played some lesser opponents in the first two games. 
we played a lesser opponent as well in the, in our first game anyway. First I mean, game, not, yeah. not terribly lesser, but I, I'm sorry. I there's something to you defenses don't do that without being good. I don't care who you're playing because even when you play bad teams, oftentimes they still you still end up giving up points. Man, that's so tough too. Because like I, I'm not sitting sitting here telling you I thought our defense was going to be spectacular. I thought it was going to be solid. 232 yards. On the ground last game. That we gave up, you mean? That we gave up 172 yards against JMU. 172 is not that many. Almost 200 yards rushing? Excuse me, rushing. We, Hun- I don't think 132 yards is that much rushing. Giving up a... For a, di- a team against your defense, giving up 172 yards isn't that many? I don't think so. But All maybe right. I'm wrong. No, 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 no. I'll let you pick up your calculator right now. Put 172, and I don't it's care. Less than 50 yards. No, no, I don't. No, no. Put put up. Put 172. Yeah. Divided by. I don't care. I'm gonna let you pick the number of carries. Jam, you averaged 3.6 yards. 172 carry. divided by whatever carries, however many carries you want to. 44, 33, 55. What'd you do? What, what number did you do? 172. That's one yard a carry. What, what? <laughs> see, see, see. I don't know where you're going with that, but but I wanted to make sure you approve. <laughs> that was clever. That was clever. Jam, you averaged three point six yards a carry. Jay, they didn't average four yards a carry. Three point six. Three point six. Right. Yeah, I'm not telling. Three point six times three is what? Three point six times three. Yeah. Is over ten yards. Yeah, it that's is. what they talk about. No, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you it's good, but I'm not saying it's terrible. It's ten, not horrendous. By the way, Jordan, ten yards is first down. So if you have three point six on three <laughs> carries in a row, ridiculous. you have the first down and you can score the touchdown. I, I, I know how fe- football works. Um, not too well apparently because I started Baker Mayfield on my first week and that did not. Baker go so Mayfield well. started Baker Mayfield. He was feeling dangerous. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was that rough. was delicious. By the way, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's off subject. But um, all I'm saying to you is. I think there's a lot to learn about this team. That's one of the things I said to somebody. Even if we're bad, this season is going to be exciting to me because I want to learn about this team. Well, let's talk about the good things. Let's I'll, talk about the great things that happened. Darius still has got another sack. Darius and Dante are terrorizing. We gave up rushing yards. Them dudes are just hungry. They're monsters. They're big time. I thought, um, yeah. I thought, uh, there's not a lot of good. <laughs> I, I think we learned something about Jack. I think we learned no, something no, about no, Jack but Allison. No, no, no. I thought you were talking about the uh, the dude, the transfer secondary. Oh, um, um, Keith Washington. Keith Washington. Keith Washington is a solid corner. The, the truth George is, Campbell. George Campbell. George Campbell keeps again, showing up. Keeps I also showing up will again. say that our secondary, granted, our rushing defense looks a little porous right now. So it is poor. People keep running instead of throwing, but both games in a row, we've only given about 150 yards each game. I feel like our secondary is stronger. I feel like we could not guard that tight end, but I don't think there's very many people in the country oh, that can guard that tight no, end. No, no, he's a first round pick. He, he's a he's a first round pick, deservedly so. First round pick. Yeah. I just think we need to give Missouri more credit. And a lot of people will tell you the reason they lost to Wyoming is because they played in that altitude and they had turnovers. And I think I didn't give enough credence to that. Um, Mostly because I didn't feel like it, but <laughs> that's where we are. And uh, we want to make fun of them. And we wanted to make fun right of them. Right when I saw they lost at such big, I said, oh my goodness. Yes. I can't wait to see the comments on why we hate Missouri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a few. But they're easily diffused once you say, you, you guys are right, you won, good game. 
Uh, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People let up way too easy. Like, when, 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 <laughs> look, if you said, yeah, West Virginia won, good for you. I'm going to keep coming, man. I'm going to just icing. I'm going to get my money's worth. Look, icing, toppings, uh, cherry, sprinkles, and everything else. Look, you ain't getting off just by saying you won. But for us, just say that, and, and people usually let up. Idiots. So that's, a, <laughs> that's about it for, for us. That's, those are our views on the game. Those are our views on the Mountaineers. Um what about trusting the climb stone? What trusting about the them talking about being in open competition at running back? I think and, there and, needs to be. I think. I, I think. I think. Line. Did you see that? I think yes, there needs to be. And why would there? Line. Why would there not be? Like they said, it's not just one guy who's failing their assignments. It's well, it's funny too because I saw times. I saw somebody say the number one priority is get five the best five linemen out there. Really? Now, now it's priority. <laughs> well, and I I think what that also means is you need your shiftiest backs carrying the ball. Because it's not about hitting the hole. There is no hole. There is no hole. You got to get a guy who can make a play on his own, like Alex Sinkfield, who I think is your best option at running back. Or Letty. Letty's coming back this week. I think Alex. You think they're talking about Letty? You think they're talking about Sink? I don't think Letty's style fits this offensive line as well as Alex Sinkfield. Well, I think on third third and short where there's no hole and you put your head down and run through somebody for an extra yard. run through three people. Or... (laughs) The other person that I think would be good in the backfield, Tevin Bush. Yeah. Tavon Austin no. style. Yep. Move him back there when you got nothing going. You got nothing going. Move him back there. He can Brandon, make people I, miss. I had the nerve to think of like you said Tevin Bush, and I was gonna be funny and say like refrigerated Perry, have somebody huge, like and then I had a vision. If if we did have a refrigerator Perry running on third and one, he would get stuffed three yards three behind. Yards, three yeah, yards behind seven dudes hanging back, on him. Three yards behind the backfield. In the backfield. So and and like I said, I, and I'm not giving up on this team. No, absolutely. And not. the other thing I want to say is the team didn't give up. I watched that team. I didn't see people hanging heads. I didn't see people quitting. I didn't see. I saw people playing. They weren't playing well. But they were playing, and, and I respect that. I respect that, and I, that's one of the things I tweeted about. We didn't quit, and, and it stinks right now. But do you know how good it's going to feel when we watch? When he's, it was great when Rich Rod was terrible, and he took terrible to the Sugar Bowl eventually. The same thing when you look at what Dana Holgerson, um, even though he started out well, and he he went, he started out well that first season, but. He built up to where we were in every game. And that's one thing I want to say real quick, by the way. Losing 38 to 7 makes you appreciate going into every game knowing Amen. you have a chance. Men, Brandon, preach on. I thought that too. People are like, oh, we underachieved last year. Every single game last year, we last, had a chance yeah, but, to win. But not just last, last year. Last two years. Last couple years. Every single every game, game. We yeah. went in knowing we had a chance to win the game. And you could watch the game excited on pins and needles, heart racing, knowing we had a chance to win. This year, not so much. This year we go in knowing I'm watching the game for development. I'm not watching the game because I think we're going to win. I hope we're going to win. Please let him just turn on right now. Yeah. Please let this dude ball out. You so know. that's where we are right now. Um, and that's where we're going to be for – and it's, this is not a single year. This is not a next year we're going to win. I, the, can the, I say this too before? I know, I know you're right. trying to wrap up, but – No. <sighs> That's Sam James boy, man. He gonna be something special. Sam James, Sam is James, good as advertised. Oh my good, Brandon. He catches the ball. And he's just he's lightning. Yes. I look at him. He reminds me of the old Rich Rod days. Because I will say, under Dana, we had good players. We had uh, uh, Jennings and Sills. They were not the explosion that Sam James is. Sam James gets on the field, and I think Steve Slayton, Noel Devine, he he catches the dude explodes. Yeah, no, I agree. It's Sam beautiful. James is as good as advertised. So, yeah, we're going to get to see. I'm curious. I do want to see Trey Lowe. 
I want to see Trey Lowe because... Amen. And they're like, it's hard to assess Austin Kendall because of how much trouble he was under. Well, guess what? You got a guy who's mobile. and That's, has some legs. that's in the quarterback room. I'm not telling you that I know he's better than Austin Kendall. I'm not telling you... All I'm saying is I would like to see him and, play and because is, it can't so, be much worse. And sometimes you don't have to be better. It's just sometimes the systems and, and the circumstances make your ability shine more than the next person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like Trey Lowe. Can Trey Lowe, Pat White, I've said it a hundred times. He comes in. Things break down. At least this dude can take off with his feet. I'm not saying this is the switch he need to make. Or, that, just it, or that it'll work. I, I just want to see it. I want to see it tried. I would, amen. I wouldn't mind seeing it. So we'll have to wait and see what they decide to do. But right now it's on. Hey, bring on, bring on oh, the, the wolf, wolf Pack. Raspberry Boys! The Raspberry Boys kids are brought to you in part by the Pizza Place in Morgantown. They have the official pepperoni roll of the Raspberry Boys kids. They are located at 3011 North Point Plaza in Morgantown, West Virginia. If you are in town near the mile ground, you got to get to the pizza place. It is the greatest pizza you will ever taste. I don't care what anybody says. Shout out to our boys, Mike and Luca. We love our man, Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley, we thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show. We love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. The Raspberry Voice Kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider, the finest hard cider in all of the world, made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get Swill, responsibly, of course. We also want to give a big shout, a big thank you to our partner and sponsor, Astor Auto of Charleston. The man with the plan is Mr. Jamie Spears. When you want to ride in elegance, luxury, and style, they're the ones to see. They'll treat you right, and you'll be driving better. Make sure you tell them that the RVK sent you. You want the dopest gear out? You want to look fresh while rocking the Mountaineer brands? The best thing to do is go to bookexchangewv.com. That's where you get the flyest apparel, the Book Exchange is going to hook you up for listening to the RVK. Use code R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, Raspy Voice. Code Raspy Voice when you go to bookexchangewv.com to get the flyest Mountaineer gear and souvenirs. From Homestead, Florida to Mountaineer Nation. The Raspy Voice kids are back with another Golden Blue interview, this time with Alec Manoa, the number 11 pick in the 2019 MLB draft. We couldn't be more excited. Alec, thank you for joining the RVK. No, man, thank you guys for having me. We know you worked out. You told us you just got done working out, so we hope you got some energy for us because we got some for you. <laughs> we, yeah, uh, I definitely got I always got energy. So I got a quick question for you before we even get started. I just heard that you have a teammate that calls you Mount Manoa. <laughs> that's actually um, that's our, our radio broadcaster here in Vancouver. He uh, so, he hypes up he hypes up my size pretty well, so he calls me Mount Manoa. Mount Manoa. Now, are you now? How tall are you? Legit? Like the I know what they list you at, but what are you actually? I'm actually taller than than what they list me at. Um, I was six, when I did my physical after the draft. I was six seven with no shoes on. Yeah, me too, me too. Both of us. <laughs> so at uh, 6'7", <clears throat> all right, all right. I, I was going to ask a dumb question. I will say you could throw a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. That's why. I was Because usually you see 6'7 dudes, and they're playing ball. They're playing tight end or something like that. But 
<laughs> well, you can throw the rock like you do. I, I guess that's where it's at. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what I've been doing since I was a kid. I mean, I tried, you know, a year of flag football, and, and I used to play basketball in middle school. I was pretty good at it, too, but uh, baseball's where the heart is, man. Baseball's where the money is, too. Don't get it twisted. You made a wise <laughs> financial decision. Save all that save all that tight end beating up your body for no guaranteed <laughs> contract stuff for the other guys, man. Let Travon yeah, Wesco man. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's, so you, that's, that's his job. Absolutely. So you're from Florida. How did you end up in WVU? Like, when did West Virginia first come into your consciousness? So, uh, believe it or not, I was actually kind of uh, underrated, you know, throughout my entire high school. Like, I was always a big kid. Like, I put up good numbers in high school ball, but didn't really get the exposure, you know, to all these travel tournaments and stuff like that, you know. Um, and then finally, just one summer, um, I started pitching instead of just hitting. I started pitching as well, and I played with a travel team in Atlanta called the Atlanta Blue Jays, and that was the first time I actually, like, you know, did, like, this, the whole summer circuit thing, you know, going to, like, all these perfect game tournaments and things like that. And um, I actually got invited to, like, a PG National, which it's it's kind of like a – it's like a, a combine for kids going into the draft, but it's the summer before, you know, your season and before the draft. So I kind of went over there and opened a lot of eyes, you know, in high school. And um, that's kind of the first time, you know, where West Virginia saw me and a lot of the other schools that recruited me saw me as well. And that kind of opened the door for everything. And um, I had a lot of big schools in the SEC and things like that uh, coming after me and, you know, offering me, you know, big-time scholarships and stuff. But uh, one of the things I always liked was, you know, West Virginia coach Matlock and Maisie. Um, You know, they're really family-oriented, you know, guys. That's how they like to run their program. They like to – you know, have fun, and obviously, you know, you, you work your tear off at the same time. You know, some of these other programs were more, like, you know, strict and more white-collar, and, you know, West Virginia was just blue-collar, and that's kind of how we saw myself. So, you know, it was, it was a mixture of, you know, working really hard, having a good time, and, um, you know, a really family uh, environment, you know, and, and that's what really convinced me the most. So, so, so to break it down, you, you'd rather the Clemson environment instead of the Alabama environment. Gotcha. If we're talking about college yeah. football. The, the, the dab right, right. instead of the uh, the Nick Saban. Got you. Well, I'd rather the Neil Brown now. <laughs> Amen. 100%. I love it. So back to the Mount Manoa. I asked you that question, and I, get, I, didn't, I didn't quite finish it. I want to know, do you have a favorite nickname of all the nicknames anybody's ever given you? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Mount, Mount Manoa is, is pretty good. I mean. I've heard a bunch of other ones. I mean, some ever since you guys made that that picture of me, I've been called the Hulk. Um, oh, since so the picture? The room, yeah, some some of the guys in the locker room will call me like Big Donkey. Um, <laughs> yeah, is I that mean, good or bad? <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's I, I don't know. <laughs> Big Donkey. Uh, some other names yeah, for that. Just, Big Donkey's got the ball today. So, um, yeah, I mean they're they're all pretty they're all pretty good. I mean, obviously they. They're all just representing my size, man. So uh, at least I, they don't call me, you know, shorty or something like that. So <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> shorty, say what's your <laughs> price? No, so so this is a different world. What did like? It's a dream come true for you, obviously. But can you put us in that moment when they called your name, when the Toronto Blue Jays called your name and made you a professional baseball player? Man, it was it was crazy, man. I mean, I know you guys saw that that video going around social media, you know, obviously the media team at W did a really good job on that. But, um, I actually, I met with uh, a few front offices before the draft 
Um, and I actually met with the Texas Rangers, who they had the eighth pick. I met with them the, the morning of the draft. Um, so kind of kind of thought I was going to eight. Uh, wasn't sure, you know, with the Braves at nine and ten. Those are the teams I met with, um, the Rangers, Braves, Giants, and, and, you know, the Blue Jays at 11. And uh, I kind of, when I met with the Blue Jays at 11, the biggest thing, you know, that, that stood out to me was how important player development is for them. And, you know, I have a really, you know, precise routine that I go through um, every day of my start in the offseason, things like that. And a lot of teams, they, they try and grab you and, and kind of change you to what they like. You know, they kind of have a blueprint for what they want you to do. And the Blue Jays aren't like that. They kind of let everybody have their own originality and they kind of get a feel for what you like to do and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And that was one of the main things that stood out for me uh, when I met with the front office. So. I also met with the Rangers and had a good meeting with them the day of the draft and obviously following up to the draft and all that. And so I thought I was honestly going to go eight. And uh, we had, we're, we're sitting in the living room at Maisie's house. Um, my agent texts me, and he goes, uh, Texas is out. And I was like, in my head, I was kind of confused. I, I wasn't sure if he meant like they were out, like they're going to go pick me, um, or if they were out like they weren't picking me. So I was like, they're out like they're, they're about to go pick the picking for me. And uh, he was like, "No, they're they're out. They're going with a bat." And I was like, "All right, well, you know that that's cool. Like it wasn't it wasn't meant meant to be." I mean, who so wants to live in Texas two... anyway? Yeah, man. Horns down. <laughs> Horns down. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So about uh, two minutes later, the pick went in. Then the Braves were on the clock, and then I got a text from one of my other agents uh, uh, in the agency, and he was like, "Hey, the Braves, the Braves are about to make the same mistake." So I was like, "All right, man, that's cool." So kind of in my head, like, I had all these thoughts, you know, going around because, you know, there's – I mean, I was a protect, uh, projected top ten pick in almost every mock draft, you know, going as high as, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, some had me dropping to 11, which is, isn't really a drop. You know, I would have rather go to 11 anyways because when I met with the with the front office, that, that was the team that fit me the best. But kind of in my head, I started getting all those doubts, like, man, am I going to be one of those guys on draft day, you know, that falls all the way down? Um, and all this stuff. But then next thing you know, I literally two minutes later, my phone rings and my agent was like, hey, man, um, we kind of just worked out a deal at 11 with the Blue Jays. And then I had my whole family sitting around me. They were videotaping, obviously, because the phone call came in. And uh, I kind of just, I held my cool a little bit. Like, it didn't really hit me in, in the moment. So I hung up the phone and then the Giants still had the pick. They had pick 10. So I'm sitting there. And everybody's like just looking at me, waiting for something. And uh, I didn't say nothing. And then my brother finally looks at me, and he's like, he's like, yo, what the hell, man? You going to say something? <laughs> and, I, and, uh, and I was like, hey, man, just watch the TV. <laughs> and he was like, all right. So everybody, like, kind of started laughing because they heard me like, hey, just watch the TV. I didn't want to ruin it for everybody, you know. So we're sitting there. The Giants, the, the pick for the Giants come up, and everybody takes their phone out. And everybody thought that was the pick. And uh, literally, uh, they said the Giants pick, and everybody was like in the room was just like, ah. Oh. And then I just started laughing. Um, so then, right after, right after that, my brother, my brother looks at me. He's like, dude, just give me something. So I whispered in his ear uh, the amount of money that we agreed to, and uh, he he went on his phone and, and he searched up uh, like the, the the draft slot picks, so you kind of know what every pick is worth online. So he literally, I was like, man, that's cheating. So he searched <laughs> up on his phone, and he knew, he knew I was going 11 to the Blue Days, but I kind of tapped him. I was like, hey, don't say nothing. I love it. 
And then uh, when, when when the commissioner went to the podium, that's kind of where, like, all my emotions just started running through because I knew I was going to be that pick, you know. And I kind of just tried to hold it all together, but I kind of just put my hands over my face for a second to try and not show too much emotion. And then that's when they called my name and everybody just kind of went crazy. It was it was honestly one of the, the best feelings in the world, man. And sometimes when that when that video still pops up on my social media or, or things like that, I, I still get really emotional about it. You know what I think is funny is you said that you talked to your brother and he looked up what the pick was worth and you to- you'd already told him the amount of money you guys agreed to. We all know, Alec, that's one of the things we all know how much we know what the deal is. Now, we don't know the intricacies of the deal, but we know what you're getting paid. And the question yeah. I have for you is, is that weird to you that people know that much of your personal business? Um, I mean, it, it could be weird, but I mean, I'm kind of just... I'm the same same guy I was man at, at school, so I mean I mean sometimes sometimes you know like teammates and things like that can can try and look to, to use that against you like you know especially being a top pick you know people think that you know you have more privileges than, than other people as well and I don't really I don't really try and like use that you know to my advantage or anything so uh, I don't think people really try and use that against me either but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of puts a target on my back, but at the same time, I'm pretty smart about putting myself in situations so that uh, I really don't get in trouble or, or, or there is a target on my back to begin with anyway. So uh, I think I think it's all love, man. And, no, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think it, it's, it's that big of a deal, honestly. Yeah. Once again, we're talking to Alec Manoa, a.k.a. Mount Manoa, former West Virginia Mountaineer, once a Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer, Currently a Vancouver Always. Canadian in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, joining the Raspberry Voice Kids for a Golden Blue interview. You're sitting here talking about being drafted in that moment in the room and how you felt. All I can think about, I haven't been there. 99% of us people have not been there. But all I can think is just stand up, Mama, I made it. Mama, I the made Jay-Z it. The Jay Z music goes off. <laughs> what else do you need? The thing yeah, is, man, so. That was, that, was, that was one of the best feelings in the world. It'd be, it'd be so awesome. I'm sure that moment was awesome. But at yeah. WVU, now we know the basketball football program has had many great years, and the baseball program has had good years too. But I have never in my life seen the baseball program have, a mu- as, have as much attention paid to it. And as, excitement. And excitement. Like they were, they were jazzed up like it was football. Like we've had great players. We've had Jed Jerko. We've had other players who've been great. But the excitement surrounding the team this year was something I've never seen. How was yeah, it to be in the middle of that, to be the leader of that group along with Coach Maisie when the Mountaineer Maniacs just went crazy for WV ba- <laughs> WVU baseball? Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, I think Maisie was, you know, the right guy in charge, you know, for all of that. And, and he kept us in, in, the, in the right position um, and, and with the right mindset to be able to succeed and, um, he's a go-getter, man. He he saw he saw this year happening, and he saw uh, you know 2017 happening a long time ago when when he took over this program. And I, I know there's a lot more great years to come, you know, with the recruiting classes and just the culture of our program is extremely good and in, in shape. Um, but yeah, I think you know uh, just being around those guys, and I think I was I was kind of you know the right guy to to kind of lead that program as well, you know, because. I'm kind of not the guy who's who's going to scream at you or, or be that kind of leader. I'm not kind of uh, – I don't know if I can curse on the show, but I'm, I'm kind of not a hard ass um, like that. I'm kind of like, you know, I like to have fun with the guys and 
um, and things like that. But I also know when what, when it's time to get, you know, down to work, I, I know how to do that more than anybody else as well. So uh, the, the guys kind of understand, you know, that I had priorities as well, and that kind of shaped a lot of our younger guys, you know, to, to understand how to prioritize as well, and some of the other guys as well. Um, I, I never put myself higher than them, or they never put themselves higher or lower than me. We were all just seeing eye to eye. We never put any of the freshmen down. Um, we kind of brought them in, um, like if they were one of us as well. And, and we all just, our biggest thing was all just staying together, man. We we never got too high when we won six or seven games in a row, and we never got too low when we when we lost or, or got swept in a series. So um, we kind of just stayed within ourselves. We stayed together, man. And it was it was a true brotherhood. Um, so being able to be in the middle of that, and those are guys that I, I still talk to on a daily basis, and, and I'm going to have relationships, and some of those guys will be in my wedding, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it was truly uh, just a special season uh, for all of us, but um, at the same time, it's it's an expectation season as well because in, in 2019, um, our, our goal was to be in a regional, and, and we did that. And then in, in 20. I mean, in 2017 and then 2018, you know, our goal was, you know, make it deep in a regional. We kind of had a little bit of an off year. Uh, but I think we put the program back on track with, with what we did this year and with the leadership Absolutely. that we had in that locker room this year. Um, and I think now ne- next year the expectation is the same thing, man. We're, we're not just here to play in a regional. Uh, the goal is to be a household name in, in regionals and just like the Vanderbilts and the Louisvilles of the world. And, and, and the goal is to, to get further and, and eventually win a national championship. And obviously – Maisie knows what he's doing with the guys he's bringing in, and, and he, he knows how to keep guys, you know, all leveled out, and, and uh, he knows how to bring teams together, man. So uh, I, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, West Virginia went from having no locker room five years ago to hosting a regional to five years from now winning a national championship. Man, I'm getting fired up. No, that's what I'm saying. You I'm may be fired up. And, and what I love is you keep saying weird like you're still on the team. Because he that, is. Once a Mountaineer. I am, man, all, I am. <laughs> always a Mountaineer. That's forever. what I'm talking about. Forever. Screaming yeah. forever. And we and we love that Maisie's, Maisie envisioned this. And I'm sure that when he sat in your, on your couch, he, he, he sold that dream to you. And then you were here doing it, having these golden moments as a Mountaineer. But truth be told, Alec, do you get that flying WV tattooed anywhere? No, no, I don't. Oh, I don't. man. Eventually, eventually, one day. So you talked about getting married. Uh, do you keep the same girlfriend when you get a new contract? <laughs> <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> Let me I, upgrade you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, honestly, man, it's going to be hard to upgrade from, from what I have now. Oh, so. my goodness. Right good, answer. Good, good answer. This man is good on loyalty, that. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. This dude is good all the way around. I can't get him. All right. It's time yeah, for rapid man. fire. You ready for rapid fire, Alec? Let's do it. Best Pop-Tart. <laughs> Best pop tart, uh, s'mores. Okay, uh, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Does hot does ketchup go on a hot dog? Of course. <laughs> Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story. Jeez, what an answer! What, what an answer! What, what is look wrong at this with guy. you? Nah, wrong. <laughs> what, what am I leaving out? <laughs> the best one. <laughs> no, there's a few of them. French fries, French fries. Oh, Jordan or LeBron? LeBron. Ooh. What is the best fast food French fry? Uh, I would say honestly, KFC the potato wedges there are kind of. Oh, look at this! Go, never heard those. Those are kind of good though. Like he kind of caught me off surprise. Never heard that answer. And and that's a good answer. Potato wedges with a little bit of ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. Oof. All right. Do you know? This is Jeremy's question. I'm I'm not going to step on his toes. (laughs) 
This is Jeremy's question. Let him no. do his thing. Look, by the way, we need honesty. We need real talk. Noel Devine just I answered this question. Pat White was up on it. I need a real answer from you. Do I, you pee in swimming pools? Do I pee in swimming pools? Yeah. No. Have I have I peed in hot tubs? Yes. <laughs> What'd you say? Hot tubs, yes. Oh, oh, ain't hot tubs. Look, I'm tired of the liars out there. The liars. People trying to say they don't pee in pools. Liars. I'm not saying no, that you man. do every time, but most people have. Okay, stop it's it. Happened. It's, it's happened. happened. All right, so my, my, my mindset is you're in a pool. You can. There's not really a whole much going on in there, just people, whatever. They can kind of feel the warmth. They can kind of <laughs> maybe see the discoloration. But when you're in a hot tub, man, there's bubbles everywhere. It's already hot. There's nobody feeling that. So yeah, that's why hot, hot tub. You're good to go, man. A pool, look, I don't know. It's a little look more at sketchy. my man. Every every hot tub owner look, in Vancouver is, is not inviting Alex Mano over for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you invited to no hot tub party. Hey, but he's right. He makes a good point. The no. temperature. And what I just heard is where you can't get caught is a hot tub. Yes, that's a good point. We yeah, now man. we have to we have to we have to incorporate that in our new interviews, Alec. Thank you so much for joining us. We know you're a very busy man. You're doing your thing. You made West Virginia Nation proud. Mountaineer Nation is proud of you forever. We'll never forget the moment you gave us. And we just want to let you go and have a and absolutely. And I can't wait to see Drake rocking one of the Manoa jerseys when y'all man. When, when y'all in the postseason, son. Man. The six. <laughs> All right, man. We'll let you, we'll thank you again and let you go. Oh, thank you guys, man. I appreciate it. Podcast Network.